What would you think if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song and I'll try not to sing out of key. Oh, I, I get, get by with, with a little, little help from, from my friends. friends. I, get I get high with a little help from my friends. <laughs> gonna, gonna try, try with, with a little help from my friends. And we're off to the races there, man. So that's not our first duet, is it? It was. Uh, no, was no, first? no, we've had more. Other, we have other. No, but duets. they sang together. Yeah. So that would be the first duet, real so we, duet. We have Chris and Jason from Maple Leaf Construction. We have Mark just leaving the shop right now. End of a hard working and day. Mark, thanks, Mark. While buddy. we're here, big thanks to Mark for believing in the construction life and what we're all trying to say and do, changing the industry. And if it wasn't for Mark and his business, we wouldn't be here right now. Exactly. Thank so thank you very much, Mark. Chris and Jason, we're going to talk a little bit about what? You guys do a few little things in the construction industry. Yeah, absolutely. So we specialize in our mostly residential demolition, exterior waterproofing, interior waterproofing, underpinning, and we also do some termite restoration. Some work. termite restoration? Well, you guys are in the east end of Toronto. East end of Toronto. And anybody from Toronto knows that termites only hang out in the east end of Toronto. And, and around the DuPont area. They're all <laughs> no, in the west end, not. too. Are they in the west end? <laughs> oh, yeah. DuPont, I've, I've been to Mississauga and done work out there. Wow. He man. must have hitched a ride from somebody in the beaches. And in Markham, actually. Yeah. Markham, too. Yeah, yeah. Ah, there's a lot of stuff going on in Markham. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got a lot to talk about on our 95th show, Carlito. Are wow. you feeling old or what's the story, man? I felt old a couple of years ago. Uh, no, it's going to be a good show, <laughs> so I'm excited. I know we, we first reached out, or you guys reached out. I don't know exactly how, uh, I don't know how it worked. Yeah, what I reached happened? out to you on Instagram to yeah. ask a question, and then I got uh, talking to you about how we listen to the show and how it's influenced us to uh, make some changes in our company to nice. make it better and keep up with. Uh, well, one of the one of the good guys have, uh, reaching out to me, saying something positive instead of all the other assholes that are out there. There's a lot of them. <laughs> are you guys? Uh, you guys, <laughs> hang on a sec, man. You get we got we got like housekeeping and oh, stuff like fine, that. Fine, fine, dude. It's on a IG. It's at maple.leaf.construction. And then on the website, it's www.mapleleafgc.ca. And then the email to reach out to these guys to hire them for your next job is info at mapleleafgc.ca. And the phone number is 416-895-2330. Absolutely. That's, love to hear who, that's who we're speaking to. And that's what's going to happen on this show. But I also want to say, I want to say thank you to Carlito for being my co-host on wow. The Construction Life. Here's a first. What's no, he up to? This is not a first, man. <laughs> no, I just want to say that I know that it's a lot of work on our personal lives to pull this off because we both just came racing from work and that's what we do. We come here, set it up quick and we talk for the next hour and a half and we pull out another podcast and, and we've been ambitious to pull off two a week. The listeners have been growing. So I just want to say thank you to Carlito because he's doing a great job and I think I do all right. And I think that we have a nice interesting dynamic between the two of us we both respect the industry the same way but we both have our own perspective of the industry we don't kiss anybody's ass you can vouch for that well i don't like being policed that's the bottom line we try to keep it real we want to talk it real we want to share what we can share we don't know everything that's why we invite you guys to come in here man so we actually been making our circle of construction our connections has been growing because of the 95 shows that we've had well, it's these amazing guests that we're always having. Exactly. That's, that's so we really want to thank them as well, too. So I just wanted to do that. There's nothing. That's all. That's all it was, right, man. I, know. I kind of feel like he's <laughs> up to something, guys. No, I'm not. <laughs> so you guys have an understanding of all the segments because we actually have a, a well-oiled kind of uh, baby oil produced show. <laughs> <laughs> so we have our first segment. And what's that going to be? That would be history <laughs> with Manny. 
All right, so I want to talk about... I got my notes here, but I'm a little confused. Biggest demolition projects in the world. Some of the biggest. Can you guys name any, or can you guys remember it or think of any? Nothing, eh? I'm going to think some Las Vegas hotels. No, maybe? funny enough, is none of them are... So yeah. it starts off with uh, the Seattle building's uh, Kingdom. Yeah. So that was a night uh, built in 76, but then all of a sudden it, it started falling apart, and the roof tile started coming down. So in 2000, they imploded it. Wow. And it became uh, 700,000 cubic feet of debris. Wow. What do you guys normally do on a job? How much debris you guys <laughs> building out I there? I mean, 15, 20 yarders. <laughs> <laughs> the second one I've got is 381 feet tall, 1972 built. It was an AFI, AFE tower, became the tallest building ever to be demolished using explosives when it came down in Frankfurt, Germany. Wow. In 2014, 500 tons skyscraper in the heart of the city and it attracted 10,000 people to look at this explosion that happened. 20 feet high ran around the site to help stop any potential flying debris. It's pretty crazy, man. So in China, surprise, surprise, in China, the city of Wuhan, Oh. Did you say China? I said the city of Wuhan. 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 Yeah, you know, we're the yeah. most popular city we're in China. We're all familiar right now. with Wuhan <laughs> these days, right? So, they uh, two miles worth of concrete blew up in unison in 2013. It was built in 97. They had to uh, create a viaduct. They needed a precision blast to end the 15 year lifespan of that building. They were carrying 100,000 volts along the bridge and the gas pipeline underneath the trigger explosives in sequence. And in the end, the concrete fell as planned, leaving room for crews to erect an even larger viaduct in place. Wow. That's not too long ago, man. That was 2013. I got another one here. It's J.L. Hudson Company started in 1881. By the early 1960s, the flagship downtown in Detroit took an entire city block at 2.2 million square feet. The building was the tallest department store in the world at 26 stories. A department store, 439 feet, but the department stores aren't quite what they used to be. So the explosives were brought in and the structure came down in 98. That's all I want. I just want to share explosives and <laughs> big structures. That's all I want to You're share. You're trying to talk about killing. You always talk about me. And no, no, no. This is structures that are demolishing. <laughs> I'm glad that I couldn't find some place on Toronto because Toronto's so familiar with destroying structures, man. They don't want to repair structures. They want to destroy structures. Well, that's the new thing, right? Well, that's how it is. Take right? down, build new. So that was... That helps us out. History with Manny. <laughs> it does help you guys out. Imagine having a contract like that. Yeah. You're set. Yeah, or have naked uh, men outside. Four guys. <laughs> four guys, lots of explosives. Exactly. <laughs> Let's get back to Maple Leaf. Where's the name come from? Uh, well, it came... So uh, we started out as... Jason has some history in construction. He had a sole proprietorship. <laughs> We've known each other since before high school. We played baseball together friends in high school, after high school. I think even hockey too, no? No, I did like one year of hockey and it's a blank memory. In my <laughs> <head>. <laughs> All I remember was waking up at like 4.30, taking the bus with my hockey bag. Um, yeah, and then after that, uh, just outside of high school, we started a little business uh, painting drywall flooring, put up some bag signs, thought that we were going to get rich quick and get all the work that there is in the world. We got a few jobs out of it, uh, a lot of Ikea builds and painting kitchens and stuff like that. Didn't turn out as we want. We didn't invest the time to run it like a business. We expected the world from it. And then uh, we kind of went separate ways after that. I went back to school uh, and Jason continued on with the sole proprietorship. And over the years, we kind of talked about starting something of our own. And then 
we decided we'd open up a bin company to complement what Jason already had, and so we started as Maple Leaf Bins. That's when we really started uh, to, stand, to run the business properly, uh, incorporated it. Said, well, what's a good company? What uh, sounds nice with bins? Like, do, 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 right? We wanted a nice uh, phonetics to it. And uh, Maple Leaf Bins just kind of came out. And then from that, we built the brand of just Canadian hospitality from it. That's uh, it. Yeah. But Jason, you've got the history of construction, and Chris, you have a little bit in the beginning, but then you veered off to a different career. Yeah, so outside, after high school, when we stopped working together, I worked on the roof for three years. Um, Flat? No, shingles. shingles. Yeah, shingles. We did a couple flats, but it wasn't in our wheelhouse. So I was a laborer. I'd put on caps and stuff like that. Uh, I had the best tan of my life. Everywhere I went, everybody was complimenting <laughs> Specific me. body part tan, right? No? Yeah, farmer's tan. Yeah. Farmer's tan. Yeah, yeah. or waist tan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, not uh, the best. it's the best tan if you keep on wearing that exact same attire every single day of the rest of your life. Yeah, by the time you take it off, the, the, the deal's already sealed. Oh, come on. Roofers got their shirts up all the time, man. Yeah, yeah and then I went to school, and then uh, I landed in hospitality. Uh, what so were you studying? I went for police foundations, actually. No way. Uh, yeah, so I became a, I was a security guard at a, a hotel downtown Toronto. I started right uh, during G20. I started part-time, and we had, um, I guess it's, it's public information now, we housed a lot of the, the leaders, including the president. So it was a cool experience for me. It was in the kitchen, watching him walk by, uh, and everybody oh, wow. had those giant lanyards. Yeah. And my duty was to make sure everybody had it, so I approached this one gentleman, pretty big guy. He didn't have the lanyard on, and it turned out he was one of the secretaries of state uh, for Obama <laughs> at the time. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but I was just doing my job, right? So yeah, that's it. Did uh, the Secret <laughs> Service just jump out of everywhere and just kind of push you back? or No, what's... they had to chuckle about it. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Huh? yeah. That's going to be yeah, intimidating. So, okay, so yeah. then from there you got into construction. No, from there, so I, I stayed within that. I moved within different departments and eventually I became a food and beverage manager. So I was looking after uh, the restaurant and the banquet operations there, uh, doing about $20 million in sales in the year and managing, wow. managing the department, unionized environment. So while you're uh, doing that, Jason, you're like knee deep in dust and debris. Yeah, pretty much. And doing that shit, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. I wore a suit and had a cappuccino maker outside my house. <laughs> uh, his life. Oh, he's brought it up a few times to be like, yeah, I used to wear a suit. <laughs> yeah, you but you missed the suit? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. You have a different kind of suit. Yeah. That's, 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 that's all it is, right? So you've said that before, Carlito. Yeah. yeah so. The suits matter, though. Which suit? What are you talking about? Depends on the suit you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Manny usually wears a 007 uh, Speedo no, suit. No, I got work pants and a T-shirt. That's what I got. That's extent. Okay, so then from there, so when did you guys reconnect? At what point? Like uh, three years ago? Yeah, three, four years ago. Had uh, enough of the suit, had enough of presidents, had enough of the whole hospitalities? Yeah, so I was looking to, I always had an entrepreneurial spirit, so I was looking to do something. I had some partners kind of lined up if I wanted to open up something in food and beverage, um, but I understood the risk with that. And or the gains from that. Yeah, the gains, uh, but it's, a, it's really stressful on yeah. your life too, right? Like people say there's a lot of hours in construction. That, that's wild. There, it's, it's very, um, like within the community, everybody talks about war wounds, about how many hours have you worked, how many hours have you been on your feet, and, and stuff like that. Similar to the war wounds that we all discuss now, right? Yeah, so I, I kind of had enough of that. I was doing my own thing. I was managing the department, taking on all the stress without the gains, right? And I was looking at the people above me, like the directors, and I said, that's not really the life that I want, but I can take everything that I've learned here. And I know Jason has all the this, this skill and, and he's good at dealing with the clients and, and all that. And I can kind of fill a void maybe in, in his, his business that he's running and take on that portion of it. So it started with bins and then it expanded into or like it started with yeah. bins way out we early. Were doing, we were doing bins and construction at the same time. We were like doing, still doing the termite work. 
But when we were doing the bins, we'd both come home at like 9, 10 at night because we are trying to get all the bins out, right? Dumping everything. So I got to ask about the termite work. Like, what exactly is the termite work? Are we dealing with the same kind of procedures? So, pretty much we deal ants? with... We do with carpenter ants also. The okay. job that is actually at today was covered in carpenter ants. I, I, I hate carpenter ants. I can't stand carpenter ants, man. When they get inside the house, it really annoys the hell well, out of me. Well, the job that is at today, we had a roofer come there and they shingled a flat roof. And that's why they had a bunch of water. It was like a two slope or something like that. Who I, shingled this? Did we wonder? What's going yeah. on here? Like, you I don't shingle know. a flat and, uh, roof? So, all the water was going down the drip edge, right into the side and into the house and termites of the moisture right yeah well so the carpenter ants right yeah usually when uh, a customer tells me i have cart like i have black ants and i see carpenter ants i usually know they have water damage somewhere and something's mm -hmm. rotting out so it's a good sign in one way but termites are horrible to see right yeah pretty much you just it's want all to structural. keep all the water away from the house no wood to soil contact we usually pour like curbs in like the mud rooms just to separate all the wood to soil right that's um, the biggest problem is the moment that you got too much wood close to soil, to earth, yeah, or you're like inviting ants and termites. Styrofoam. People love yeah, to put the rigid board it. in you between You know what? I remember that conversation because yeah. when I first started using uh, spray foam, and all the guys were telling me that, uh, I know. They I were know, nesting. So he sh exactly. But they all told me, no, they don't like spray foam. And I'm they like, you're full of shit because they actually love it because I, I went into one place and these ants had wings, man. These guys had a terminal. <laughs> they had fucking air traffic control. They had everything. Like Termites they, have wings, too. They have wings, part too? Part of the season, they, have, they grow their own wings and they Get can have their own here. little colony. Yeah. Little fuckers, eh? Oh, so yeah. what, what's, what are the signs for you guys being able to, like doing the demo, cleaning it up? What's the, the two signs? When you see termites, what does that mean? And when you see carpenter ends, what does that mean to a homeowner? Pretty much the termites, the way we, well, we work with a pest control company, Aetna, and uh, they refer us to do all their um, repairs, structural repairs, all the wood to soil contact, and they usually notice all the damage. And... Or if other people are having renovations, as soon as they see termite damage, they run. They don't want to continue because they know there could be some damage here. And then 20 feet down. Uh, we don't know where it stops. Exactly. That's the problem, right? And that's a good point. So if you do see termites coming in and someone's had a renovation, that yeah. means they've disturbed their nest. And now they're coming over to your place, right? Yeah, we hear that all the time, and yeah. especially in semi-detaches. They talk about, oh, well, they did this renovation. And now they've, they've had a treatment, so now the termites are coming over me yeah. to mine. And there's always some, sometimes there's legal battles within the, the two neighbors. Um, wow. But we don't get involved with that. We do our work. We invoice it. We do work that's uh, up to the standard of the pest control company so that they can issue their transferable warranty. Is that considered insurance? No, it's a, it's a it comes in compliance with their warranty. So okay. a lot of times houses will go up for sale. And if they're, it's depending the, the sale of the house, they find it on inspection. And then uh, the pest control company will come in. They'll say that these items need to be addressed before the, the sale can go through. Wow. Right? Um, so we deal with that, and that, that's a great opportunity for us, too, because with the moisture, it, it provides us with opportunities to waterproof the houses as well. Yeah. Oh and back God. to the spray foam, too. The termites, they actually move through, like, twice as fast. They use through it, like, spray as a foam. It's a lot easier to eat through yeah. it. I know. Exactly. And that's what annoyed me about the spray foam companies telling me that they didn't like nesting it. And I'm like, that's why full of crap. if they, like, we've been in a bunch of crawl spaces, and they just spray foamed in. We're in there charging more to tear it all out. 
because wow. they spray foam all the all the wires in it, all the duct in it. You can actually, I remember, you could actually put your ear to the foam, and you'll actually hear that sound of them eating away at it, creating their calm. Oh yeah, when you tear off the uh, spray foam, they you just can explode. See inside it, it's, like, it's insane. All the tunnels everywhere. I know, right? it's insane. It's like a horror movie, man. It's just insane. So I don't want to get too ahead of that. I, I actually, what I was fascinated when you guys first reached out, you started telling me about you were looking at your business and you wanted to actually make it a better business. So you were taking notes from wherever you can. So I want to talk about your, your guidelines that you came up with and how you put it all together to build your brand and, and brand identity. That's what's really important to me. What I want to hear is because I want to share that to everybody that's listening about how you guys went about it. Manny has been so excited about you two. He's been <laughs> talking about you guys for about two months, man. I got to repeat it to Carlito because of his old age or of his bad <laughs> ear. I don't know which one it is. So but pretty much when I've had my biz- own business for years and I've always had a problem with contacting clients or getting back to people with emails, I had problems with uh, dealing with all the paperwork side and that's what really put a strain on me. A lot of stress, working seven days a week. And it killed me. And then when Chris came along, it was like a, honestly like a perfect match because that's what he likes to do that side of the business. And then that's when he came up with the guidelines. And so you saw that the business needed the paper side of the business that yeah. was lacking. Yeah. Which I think I, I think it's fair to say that probably more than half of the construction companies out there, subcontractors or everybody, are failing at the paper side mm-hmm. of the business. Well, you also come from like a corporate world exactly so you're already used to this uh you know union corporate they've already got all the layouts all the you know scheduling and so on so you just kind of took what you've already learned and then added it to something he needed because he was trying to run a company right one thousand percent and just before i left the hotel they sent me for uh, a management training for the hospitality to groom me to become a director and at that time i already had this seed planted about this so as i was learning everything i'm taking notes <laughs> through the lens that it's going to be a construction company so they're talking about how to market guest rooms and i'm do thinking, you want to talk about this right now it's way down the road it's that's way, it's, clever it's man way yeah, take well, that knowledge and put it well, in construction he learned something they can never take it away from you yeah exactly right and <laughs> it is what it is at this point right yeah but yeah so you get back to the employee guidelines so the first year in business when we were doing the bins and Jason was also, we were doing the, the renovation side of it, doing the waterproofing uh, and then a couple underpins. What we were focusing on then was as we would drop off bins because him or I would drop off the bins and we would start talking about the other services that we op- offer. It was a good foot in the door. All of a sudden, next thing you know, we have three or four contractors giving us repeat business. So what do we have to do? Okay, we had one, one guy I think was helping us. We had a helper at that time. So we need to find another staff member. So we put them on, hit the ground running. You're just trying to white knuckle through it. So we were just so busy. Sales were increasing. The second year, we just focused on driving the business. We wanted to be busy, right? Busy, busy, busy. You guys are just putting the band back together. That's what you guys are doing. You started the two of you guys, you drop off a bin, but then you have a conversation with somebody Mm -hmm. and you ask them, what else are you looking for? And then you guys started fulfilling those needs that they were asking for. So then you would go find that person to fulfill that need and so on and so on. And that's how you guys grew. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Right. And then most of our business comes from three or four contractors. I would say the majority of our business is repeat clients, uh, contractors. We deal directly with homeowners more on the pest control uh, reference side. We just got so busy, we just keep patching patching the boat, right? There's a leak here, we just patch it, we just patch it there. I mean, there's some issues that come into proper pricing and, and budgeting and, and stuff like that, but we were so stressed out that 
we'd see things that the guys were doing that maybe it wasn't up to our standard or we'd hear somebody come onto the podcast, a reputable contractor, and think, oh, well, if they're thinking that about another person, another subcontractor, maybe our contractors are thinking about that too. They're just not telling us, right? It's so, so we need true. to address that, that issue happens. and nip it in the bud. Yeah, right? that totally happens. Yeah, for every one person who tells you something, uh, some kind of feedback, you know that there's 10 people that are thinking. You're it, totally right. right. So, so what is the general principle on your employees? What do you guys expect from them? What they describe your employees to us? They're pretty self-sufficient at the moment. Um, the, we have a crew set up to do the demolition. They're pretty self-sufficient. We're still working on ironing out a few things uh, so we can set them up at a job and, and we can focus on operating the business. So we have four guys that work with us. We have a foreman and then uh, three crew members that work with him. They go to the site. Now we have set hours before it was kind of, okay, arrive at the site between this time. Between eight and nine yeah. and sometimes people get there a little Is that later because and... it's a uh, high rise? Eight, nine is usually like... That was just the hours that we had, right? Because okay. people, they'd have to run around, get go to the shop, or we were operating out of a container at that right. time. Go to the container, get the tools. We knew that they were all carpooling. When we started with one guy, it was fine. You know, it was, yeah. we'll pick you up, and then we go. And then all of a sudden, you add another guy. Okay, well, maybe we'll give him the same rules. And the next thing you know, you have four guys. They're all operating by this rules, and we're losing out, right? You're, on, you're on not being process. efficient. It's no, not exactly, efficient. Yeah. Right? So now is it, what, like in the morning, what is it now? Before 8 a.m., they have to be at the job That's site. it. Yeah. Before, ready yeah. to go. Ready, ready to, to go. I don't care how you not get to work. Not show up at 9.50 or 7.59. It's not like that kind no. of thing. Yeah, so, it doesn't matter if you have a car or not, or if you have a yeah. mortgage or kids. It doesn't exactly. matter. No, and before, we would stress out, okay, this guy, he doesn't drive, so let's ask the other guys if they can drive him, right? But that's not your job. That's not our exactly. problem. Exactly. Yeah, that's not your job. You're giving them a job we and told opportunity. Them. We yeah. told the guys, if you want to go out of your way, wake up early, go pick them up, by all means, go for it. Yeah. You can be friendly and do all that yeah. stuff, but that's not your responsibility yeah, exactly. as If you don't want to pick that guy up, it's up to him to find the bus and, and get to exactly. work, right? So little things like that, right? Because also a lot of the guys that work with us are people within our community, right? Friendly or friends, right? If we were looking for somebody else, oh, do you know somebody that wants to work? So then everybody is kind of has some ties there, right? So do you have guys have a lot of drivers now? We the have drivers two, and workers. We have one driver like who drives our van, okay. the, the van that we supply for him. And then oh, Carnito, the they have a new van. I like it, but I have a funny <laughs> feeling it's going to be a sprinter. Well, hang on a second. I won't say, I won't say anything. Why don't you guys tell Carlito what kind of new van do you guys have? Yeah, we got a 2020 Sprinter. Of four course. By four. Black? Ooh, ooh. Ooh, white. Four by four. Yeah. I four love by, it. Oh, I know. I eh? think that's new with them now, the four by four. No, it's been around six, seven years. The four by four? The four by four. Really? Probably even longer in Europe. The Germans. Yeah. You know, that's just how it is. Yeah, I looked, at, I looked at a Sprinter about five years ago. It had they four had by a four. four. By four. Yeah. They did, yeah. Mm -hmm. so and they were pretty reasonable. They were about 55, 60 start. So it's not a Ford. That's all I want to say. That's okay. You know, my I, I my was, band's not a Ford either. <laughs> I was originally looking at the Ford Transit. Why, so why did you go from the Ford Transit to the... I was just comparing them both. Um, and? Kind of sold on the Sprinter. But everybody says that the yeah. Sprinter is far more expensive than the Transit. Actually, it's not. believe it or not, we had a couple quotes, and the Transit came out more expensive than the Sprinter. Get out of here. Yeah. By like 150 And no 4 by 4 Yeah. The, the We're talking about lease rates. Yeah. yeah. The Transit is uh, all-wheel drive. So why was the Ford more expensive? Did you guys, were you guys opting maybe out for sharkskin seats uh, or something? What's going on Maybe there's a bit more options. Um, not too sure. 
for us, it was a budget thing to first explore the Ford. But once they came in really close, in the I, think, I, think said, you know, I think Benz actually makes those corporate leases a, a little more attractive to business mm-hmm. owners. And then at the end of three years or five years, mm-hmm. you just roll right into another baby and exactly. then they just That's auction off the other one, right? Yeah. I mean, I've had my, like you guys were asking off mic before Carlito decided to join us. He was like asking me how, any problems with mine. And By I said, the way, just so you know, Manny's <laughs> been late all week. He just doesn't talk about it. <laughs> no, I don't. Nobody needs to talk about it. But I've only had one problem, which I had to change the battery earlier this year that's all i just had to change the battery but five years i've had no issues with it yeah it still drives like a van you know i want something a little more comfortable but the new ones i'm envious of right did you guys bells and whistles with the screen and the lane assist three seater it is three seater that's like that was like a must that's critical at this point it's whatever's on the floor you can yeah. get right because with covid there's some delays in the inventory getting them uh, is there from really? the it was like a, yeah. like probably four to six month wait wow if because yeah. i customized actually with the transit first i customized it and they said oh well that's six months you got to wait for that and i'm like okay well i kind of want it like next week did you get the 170 or the 144 170 oh you got the big boy well not the extended yeah, yeah. 170 a dually or not non-dually 2500 that's still a big one man does a dually come in four by four yeah um, i don't know if it comes I in four by four and why the four by four like I, I went to four by four because I'm always at my farm and I'm yeah. driving through mud and well, rocks. I, and I drive a dually right now. Nice uh, Ford, Dodge. Ah, <laughs> Dodge dually. <laughs> and I have always good tires on it, but it's an eight foot box. So in the winter time on the side streets, if the plows can't get in it, you get stuck. And I just, I figure with a sprinter, it's really light in the back. Even if you have some tools in it, you're gonna get stuck. Yeah, I find with the sprinters you got to throw on the winters. Well, I, yeah, I got a dually too, and. Uh, I, do you have a steer tires in the front? What do you mean steer tires? Like, uh, I don't know. I got, I got the 450, so I got the, like the rig tires in the front. So they're like really pretty much bald. If I, and I got 4x4 in it. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have 4x4, I'd totally get stuck. Because yeah. I, I try to drive my dually all the time in the winter. I get jammed all the time. Yeah, the 4x4 came in handy with me with the dually. So I figured it'd be good with the Sprinter too, yeah. right? So bottom line, it's not a Ford. Yeah, <laughs> he's proud of his sprinter, and so are you. <laughs> it's not that I dislike Ford. I just find that a lot of people who didn't really want to spend the extra money on the Benz end up with the Ford. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're going to have more problems later well, on. Well, I, I was drawn to the third seat. Like, when I was looking at the vans, it was a third seat. I just hated having the, the second set of windows. Like, I was hoping to have the third seat with no windows in the back, but they kind of won't allow you to do that, right? Mm-hmm. What windows in the back are you talking about? If you have a third seat, you have to have windows for the passengers. I don't... What do you mean? Behind you? Oh, yeah. we have a bench seat. Not it's the, a bench it's seat. It's not a crew cab. It's oh, a bench okay. seat in the front. Is it front. legal? Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah, coming, yeah, yeah. It's coming yeah. from Mercedes. Yeah. It came that's from what, Mercedes. That's yeah. what Flo has. Flo has a... Th- yeah, a but he has cab. windows in the back too, no, right? Does it? Yeah, so the, the five-seaters... They have the windows because they have the second the row, cap. so they have the seats in the back. That's what. Yeah. That's why they have the okay. glass for the DGR. DGR yeah. has a Sprinter like that, where it's a crew cab and it has the windows on the side, but okay. it's the extended, so they still have all the space back there. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. you got the extended one seventy. No, it's not no. the extended one seventy. Oh. Yeah, I see. I don't know much about them yet. You got to listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's the medium. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> since we're off a topic, but on topic. <laughs> What are the go-to tools? Let's start that early. Oh, my God. Okay, fine. Then it'll get pointed back at you, okay? Go go all ahead, guys. Go ahead. Tell them, man. Tell them. All our tools currently right now are DeWalt. Okay. Um, but we are... Say it again for Manny. <laughs> I heard it. I yeah, heard the, it. The picture hanging tool. That's no. right. <laughs> this show is brought to you by DeWalt. I love but then we it. have all, all the Bosch chippers. All, yeah. the, all the chippers in our inventory are Bosch. Oh, they're all Bosch, the underpins eh? and yeah. the Okay. And that. Any Hilti? 
No, we're looking to convert over to healthy. Yes, to, to, to conversion. Yeah. <laughs> Makita? Uh, Makita, we had a chipper. Yeah, we had yeah, a larger we had one chipper. chipper. Broke a few times, so. Really? Yeah. So then we took on uh, Bosch to replace it, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, you had to say that, eh? Look how smiley he is. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> if yeah, the Bosch chippers have been great for us. And, I've, uh, I've never, I've never heard big, of anybody being disappointed with the Bosch yeah. chippers. Even man. the big brutes. Yeah. Amazing. That's Actually, the big brute for decades I've been using. Yeah. I love that thing. A little heavy, but... I don't yeah. think they've changed that model. I think it's been exactly yeah. the well, same since no, they yeah. designed it. Why change something that's already doing well? That's right? why they haven't changed us, Carlito. <laughs> you brute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, we, I, we, I totally forgot. Thank you very much, Jason and Chris, for the booze that you brought oh, us, man. yes. And you even and brought one from Thank Mark, you. too. And I'm like, that's... And I was just looking at it. I'm like... That's going to be gone this weekend. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> but that's going to be gone. I want to. Okay. So we're talking to Maple Leaf. So on Instagram, it's at maple.leaf.construction online. It's www.mapleleafgc.ca. To reach them, an email, it's info at maplelefgc.ca. Phone number is 416-895-2330. That's who we are talking with right now. And uh, I think we got a segment right now. What's going on? Oh, you want to already do that? Yeah, I want to do that right now. We're moving pretty fast here, Manny. No, no, it's it's time. Do you look at the time there? It's building code. (laughs) Talk with Manny. (laughs) Ontario building code. Undersized lumber, gentlemen. Hmm. I want to see if you guys might know this. I don't know. Maybe Carlito might know. I'm not sure. Exactly. Under part nine, funny enough. My favorite part. Joist, rafter, lintel, and beam members. They can actually be undersized by what percentage? And still meet building code. <laughs> say, that, say that again. What do you mean by so, okay, so you can have a joist, a rafter, a lintel, or a beam. You can have any one of these and be put on your structure, and it could be undersized by a certain percentage, and it still will meet the Ontario building code. So you don't necessarily have to put that exact one that's part of the, the drawing. You know what? It I'm, could be I a didn't little bit smaller. This. It yeah. could be a little bit smaller and it will still pass. What but percentage, that means it has to be thicker, right? No, no, no. What percentage do you think it could be a little bit smaller or undersized, I should say? What percentage do you think? We typically follow the specs on the drawings. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? Honestly, yeah. I, this Why is a then? really bizarre question. I wouldn't give it more than 3 to 5%. It's 5%. Thank so you guys God. say how building code is the minimum code. Well, so this is minimum. This minimum code. Minimum on top yeah. of minimum. Yeah. Well, so it, minimum if you're code. writing your test, they don't care about overkill. They care nope. about minimum. Yeah. You have to understand the minimum to pass the requirement, yeah. right? So I just thought it was interesting finding that note under the part nine that you can actually have undersized structural members. It's kind members. of scary, actually. It's a little scary. I don't so like you're already, that. Like, like Chris just said, minimum you already have, and all of a sudden now you're, they're letting you become even more minimum. But first of all, what engineer would allow 5%? Someone that works for the city. I don't know. Like, like, what are you talking? Okay, they always so overkill everything. That was building code talk <laughs> with Manny. <laughs> I want to get back to your guidelines here, man, because you guys have actually come up with driving habits, parking, smoking on site, company property, tools on site, your uniform, personal hygiene. Dude, this is the guys. Like, this, this is good. This is amazing. What happened for you to have to do this? Something must have happened on the job sites. People must have complained. You must have not been happy with the guys. What what happened for you guys to write this? It was no major event. It was just little things that we would see that we were not happy with. But while the train is going 100 kilometers an hour, you can't really adjust it, right? You right. can't really adjust course. It's hard to to stop everybody on the job site, reset, 
So one thing we've done this year is really slowed down. We have meetings now to reflect on it. A lot of those things there, it's not like each one of those things stems from an incident. It's also thinking about the future, thinking about three years down the road. You guys were thinking about your business. Creating habits. Yeah, Yeah, like a a good house, it has to start with the foundation, right? So we couldn't come out and put in new systems, try to lead by example without setting the expectation. Because we would see things that would nag at us. And we can't really fault the guys for doing it because we never really set the expectation. Yeah. Right? We were lenient from the beginning, right? And I think a lot of guys fall into that, right? Especially when you're focused so much in the job about just getting it done, putting out fires, or uh, you bring on family members or, or colleagues uh, to, to work with you. These things kind of slip by the wayside, right? Can I ask, like, I can say one of the things I do is, like, I, I've mentioned this a few times, you guys probably heard this, I got like a 14-page contract. And every paragraph that they read, I get both of the homeowners or the single homeowner to sign with a witness on every paragraph that we read together. Do you guys make them sign it so that they understand that they signed it? No, no, every paragraph, like every part of uh, uniforms or rules or no, so well, on. Well, Chris, when we both went over everything with the guys at mm-hmm. one of our meetings. And, yeah. um, what was the reaction like when you first presented it to the team? So at the beginning, so how it actually stemmed. So during COVID, uh, we had to let everybody go for a few weeks. And that was a time that we did a reset. So once we rehired everybody back, minus a couple people, we had a meeting. It was about two hours. We went over everything. All the struggles that him and I had, we kind of pulled the, pulled the curtain back on the business. They all got paid on time, but they never saw about the struggles that we had, right? That's yeah. generally the... Uh, you guys not getting paid, juggling bills still and not... Yeah, paid. working six, seven days a week, right? And yeah. So when we reset, we went through it. We went line by line give everybody an opportunity to discuss it. And the main thing was that this is not a reflection of the people that we currently have. It's, it's for the future, right? And everything else that we're going to do. But at the beginning, I would say in the moment, they were kind of hesitant. They were kind of like, what are you guys doing to us? Dear <laughs> yeah, they, wrong. they felt like it was against them, yeah. right? But we kept reiterating that this is what it's going to do. But now they were about two, three weeks in it. They love it. Because there's structure, right? And there's things in there that are benefiting them, right? Like we have a start time, we have an end time. So it's not like it at should be three clear. o'clock, yeah. like, oh, See, well, we have to stay until six now. That's no, what, we did you hear up. that, Carlito? They yeah. have an end time. You don't have to work 16 hours. You actually have to I'm work. the owner, so I can choose to doesn't put that two yeah, or three hours in. Yeah, we doesn't doesn't matter. do it like four o'clock, start cleaning up all the tools, cleaning up the job site. But what mm-hmm. I did notice is, and like Manny, he says seven o'clock start, four o'clock leave. Um, and he just sticks to that. But I find that sometimes when you're a good leader and you're leading the, you know, you're, everyone's following suit and it's a good system. The guys will have no problem working overtime with you. Well, they don't anymore. Cause, um, we've been doing the eight to four thirty, And if we have to stay a few extra hours one day, they all don't mind. They'll stay. But you guys are quoting your work in factoring that schedule. Yeah. So you're looking at the day our guys go in, we're going to start at eight o'clock. We're going to finish at five o'clock, whatever your hours are. That's how long you think that scope of work is going to take. And then you move it on to the next day. That job is going to take X amount of days and that's how you do it. Yeah. So guess what? As subcontractors or employees in a construction business, they can actually plan a life. Exactly. And that's the challenge that we ran into. We were so, we were falling behind on jobs so much that we were like, well, Guys, we got to stay here. We got to finish, right? Yeah, and we would tell them this at maybe three thirty, four o'clock, and then all of a sudden, well, my wife's calling me, right? I got to go home to the kids, right? I got to go dance. Yeah, I got to go dance or whatever they yeah. got to do, right? Side jobs, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, but, but I just had this image of Carlito as a go-go right. dancer on the I pole, I did that man. for years. I worked at one place, and even though it was like I was subbing the work, when that door closed, I would go somewhere else. Yeah, we have some guys that do that on the weekends. So, And that was another challenge, too, was Saturday work, right? So we started off where 
okay, in the summertime, everybody's got to be available every Saturday to work with us because we were so back, backlogged in work. But then that. But they would also rotate every other Saturday. Mm-hmm. Then we started doing cool. that. Two guys every, work this yeah. Saturday, and then they could. It's bonus money for guys. Sometimes mm-hmm. they love yeah. it, right? With the backup, was it a concern of you guys actually losing your clientele because you couldn't get to them fast enough if you sacrifice four Saturdays in a row, kind of thing, or was it? How did you guys handle that? It was a lack of scheduling properly. That's it, all it, it was. It was being afraid to tell somebody that we can't start that job until one month away. Right, telling them that okay, well, when do you need it done? Okay, we'll make it happen. See, that's the biggest and thing then that we I just have. Jump yeah. from job yeah. to job. That's what that, I rather have. Like we're having a conversation right now. I rather have a conversation on the phone or in an email or on the job site, and I rather the sub trades or anybody tell me the truth mm-hmm. instead of tell me what you think I want to hear. Thousand percent. I, I think it's a, I think it's a really important. <laughs> well, Sorry. Yeah. That was the problem that we had, right? We always yeah wanted to take on a job we didn't want to lose let me tell you what you want to hear even though it's not the truth well and you then guys care and you really wanted to mm-hmm. i mean that was uh, but in construction we know something happens every day mm-hmm. that kind of puts you behind right and we still have clients that we had back then right we maintain the clients because we're genuine people at, the, at yeah. the heart of it right so we dealt with it and and we still have those but clients I th- and uh, honestly i think you can you can schedule i think you can plan it i think you can figure out exactly what how long it's going to take each trade to do their work you can mm-hmm. speak to them and figure out the schedule and then you go you know what i've got an inspection inspection on monday all this work's got to get done by friday well another thing too is what i've learned one of my downfalls was i always did it to the second like to the hour to the minute and i never allowed myself to have a day or two or three so now i tell people a longer time like they say uh how long that'll take i know it'll take a week but i'll say two weeks Mm -hmm. because then they don't bother me for two weeks yeah yeah that's a big thing you under promise and over deliver yeah yeah bottom line i am really curious i don't want to get away from this this is really amazing stuff you guys have here before COVID happened what were the problems that you changed or adapted to the business having that restart what were the things that really were a problem at the beginning and now are no longer a problem that you implemented into this? Uh, I think employee morale. They love it, right? And now we have every Friday, we have a meeting at the shop reflecting on it uh, about how did the week go? What did we learn? What can we do better? That's awesome. Um, and you guys were like, we have a barbecue on Fridays too. What wow. the shop? Where, where's the shop? <laughs> Invitation only. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Just, don't worry. On this part of the podcast, they're going to hear. <laughs> we know where the address is. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, but they enjoy the structure, right? And, and we're always trying to build on that. Right now, we're doing development plans for all the guys because they've been with us almost from the beginning, the same guys, right? And we want them to come with us on the journey. And they've right? been with me like before me and Chris <laughs> were even partners too, right? And, so you, and this is family these, and friends. Yeah, at so, the time is more family, brother-in-laws. And then brother-in-law is brother-in-law. How did, wow, <laughs> too many people get married. Okay, so this is a complete art. I've lost friends in this business. How do you, jug- I've, I've how do you juggle you. friends and family working with you in your business? And how do you separate it? You don't work with family. Does this, and you don't is this work what with separates friends? the difference? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it's hard sometimes because we bicker back and forth. I have to see them all the time, even after work. Yeah. Did some of them think that this was more of like a report card and you guys were kind of analyzing them and going, well, what are you guys, are you looking for my negatives? Is that what you're trying to do here? At first, I think they did because we would talk about things like, say, personal hygiene. There's an option. There's a, a well, mention I mean, in there about bottom line personal hygiene, just them. a deodorant it's, stick yeah. of some yeah. sort, man. So then one day, if we hire somebody or then they show up to the job and they stink like weed or whatever, right? Or they just, they stink. They're wearing the same shirt they've been wearing all week. We can say, hey, it was in the employee guy. I'm not saying that you guys have been doing it for the last three years, but in the future, we might run into this problem. 
And we have to and set that expectation. Paper. Yeah. So, yeah, you guys have the smoking, you have the vaping. Obviously, that's also included with the weed. Mm-hmm. But obviously, if they've got weed, they're turning around. If they're smoking and they're vaping, they can't yeah, do it on site. Yeah, it's the same site. as drinking on site. Exactly. It's the same well, thing, right? Why don't so we go zero down? Tolerance. Can we go down the whole list that you guys have given us here? Well, that's why I first brought it up. But, I mean, you guys sure. start off with yeah. a probation period, right? So, you guys have a 90-day probation period. Yeah, that's typical in there. That's just yeah. to let everybody know that, you know, you want to find out that they're the right fit for us and if you're the right or we're the right Again, fit for them. Again, they're all with us for the three years anyways. So, it's obviously for the new people, right? And then you guys have driving. And it's just funny. Coming over here, when I was driving over here, I had like three of our finest police constables right behind me while I was driving. And I was driving the speed limit. And I don't know if they kind of caught me in position of texting while I was driving, but I was not holding my device. It was cradled in the in the dash there. But I could see that, you know, they're working their computer there. So I'm just paying attention. So you guys have a driving stipulation here where they have to have a valid, I guess, clean driver's license. And mm-hmm. they got to be a reflect. If they're driving one of your vehicles, they have to reflect your build brand standards yeah absolutely right? and we go into that about parking too right? i've always yeah. said like I've, you'll never see my van as colorful and it's funny i'll give a shout out to brian from target he actually saw me on mount pleasant he was like honking right and i couldn't get to my phone to answer him on instagram or anything like that but the thing is you'll never see my van parked at a strip joint any kind of shady areas in the city you'll, <laughs> you'll never see it it just if you do it's the apocalypse so that's i'm assuming it's the same thing with you guys you don't want to have your vans or your work vehicles parked in any kind of suspicious areas right <laughs> yeah, I'm just depending saying. on where the client lives. Yeah, yeah th- no, it's you true, know what, I mean, Manny, you're really crossing the line today. <laughs> what? what? No, man, like you there's don't want to have a maple leaf. Just can I tell you something? <laughs> like, there's a lot of decent people in those areas you just said, just because they go to strip clubs or something. <laughs> Would you want your company van parked in front of a strip joint? There's some good business in a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some good business meetings in strip listen, clubs back in the I day. I used to joke when everybody asked me about hardcore rentals, and I used to say, listen, I only renovate for porn stars. All right? <laughs> that's all I would say, but I don't. But I'm just saying, you guys are probably... It's a reflection. Yeah, that's no like aggressive driving habits exactly. or anything like that. That's right? what it, I'm not saying drive the speed yeah. limit at 100 or 101. I'm just saying don't be reckless. But you are right. Your your name, they're representing your name, and and you guys are you know proud to be Canadian. Obviously, the leaf that's means a lot to me too. I love the whole Canadian spirit. Uh, You got your name on everything, so you guys are really proud, and they should be proud working for you. And they're going to represent. You could lose a customer over that. Or two customers oh, over yeah, yeah. them telling someone to fuck off with road rage well, or takes cutting someone, someone off. Picture, yeah. yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, exactly. Why you have to? Be I've so actually graphic? had when I worked for a restoration company. Um, I was driving at like O'Connor and St. Clair and this old lady, her windshield wiper, there's something on it. So I actually jumped out and I fixed it. And when I got back to the office, the boss called me and said, uh, we got a call saying that you were cursing at a lady with your hands up. And I'm like, actually, no, I was actually helping her out. There's something on your windshield wiper and she's an old lady. Wow, that turned around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So you also have your, your company property. So when you guys are talking about all your tools and all the relevant equipment, right? So what do you guys do if you find someone stealing? Is that an automatic gone? Yeah, we haven't had that issue yet, but it, yeah. it would be, right? The guys, some of the guys, if they want to borrow tools to do work at home or whatever, Bring then it back it's, it's fine. Just let us know up front, right? So we know where it is. Because the last thing we want to do is go to the shop, look for the chipper gun. and uh, actually Do you have a sign out? Uh, we don't have that yet. Um, maybe it's something we'll do when we have a little bit more of a team. But for yeah. the most part, everything stays either in the van or in the shop. Right? Are you guys doing kind of a little bit of a tool tutorial kind of just... Be nice to the tools kind of thing. Because I find that when it's not your tool, you tend to be a little harsher on that mm-hmm. tool. And so is that, you guys see that with anybody? 
Not really. We've gone over it with the chipper guns because we've had some of the chipper guns where the gears go. They just uh, and they advise us that they're probably pushing a little bit too hard on it, not letting the tool do the work. Got it. Yeah. Um, so we so just right. give the guys a heads up about that. Yeah. And they, they every toolkit has like a grease gun in it, so they grease up the bit before they put it on. Yeah, yeah. that's just general maintenance. Right? I saw a guy with an orbital sander, and he's digging in, and the and the orbital is not even spinning because he's <laughs> yeah, putting too so, much. I'm pressure. like, hey, dude, let it do its work, man. Yeah, we've had guys come out to help us with demo, and they use the reciprocating saw, and they're going like this as the saw's going. <laughs> and it just let the saw. It's faster. <laughs> People don't understand that. Your uniform, so you guys have a bunch of swag here. For everybody, is that the idea? Or yeah, absolutely. And, and now we to do wear. too. Yeah, they yeah. have to wear it. They can't just show up in a Blue Jay shirt or what have you, right? So, so you guys are still wearing shorts too? You're fine with that? Yeah, we're yeah. okay with it. We do a lot of work outside or when you're underpinning in the summer. Oh, look at this, Carlito. There's a note here under uniform. It says, track or sweatpants are not to be worn under any circumstance. I wouldn't be able to work for you. <laughs> <laughs> I like showing my package off. <laughs> People TMI, are always man. like kind of staring. TMI, I can man. see the women oh, always staring, God. and I'm like, this is good for business, guys. Okay, so personal <laughs> hygiene, the way you present yourself is a reflection of Maple Leaf construction in general, which is totally true, right? So pay special attention to your daily hygiene, bathe, keep hair clean, brush your teeth, and use appropriate deodorant. That's you know all. what? This That's is basic, th- man. This is really funny that you say this because I've had, I've had the same guy, one particular same guy. He always had greasy hair in the morning. He always smelled like dirty cigarettes. Like he just smoked way too much. And he always looked like he was going to war. I've had two or three customers kind of tell me, hey, listen, you know, he looks a little greasy. And I'm like, he looks greasy. But I never I never saw that. I just saw a hardworking guy and he was, you know, and then I started paying attention. And when they started and I started to smell him and start paying attention, I was like, totally right, man. I need to get uniforms. Yeah, I do like so. that you guys don't even mention or discuss or even insist on facial grooming no there's no point i think as a contractor we should be allowed to do whatever the hell we want with our face that's all i'm saying the only time i think it 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 makes a difference if you're wearing a half mask like, yeah if we get into like abatement or something like that then maybe that's something full, we would consider yeah, that's yeah. Different. i agree with yeah. you on that one right change the mask so. So, so you guys have like clocking in clocking out sick days days off so requesting a day off right? yeah absolutely because what would happen is somebody would say oh i need tomorrow off because i have a doctor's appointment but you You're guys telling are telling me you just made that appointment yesterday yeah i know yeah and then you have to explain to the customer why yeah, you're not. We, have now we only have one guy yeah. going to the job. Yeah. yeah. And or shuffling the crew And it's around. a two-man job. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I do like this, man. Electronic devices. The use of personal cell phones and electronic devices to be kept in a minimum to the minimum working while working. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I don't think anyone should have their cell phone at work. No, I think they because they bring up a good point here. They could be kept on site in case of an emergency. When I was working for a guy, I gave my wife his number. And I just put my car in the phone, and if there's an emergency, she'll get a hold of him. Unacceptable behavior. What did you guys come up with? Why don't you tell us about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring it I'll up. I'll have to I'll refresh my up. memory on no, that. No, 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 I'll bring it up. So, so, I mean, obviously, theft, attempted theft, misuse, uh, willful destruction of people's property, like stuff like I mean, pretty much just, just common sense kind of thing, right? Working under the influence, no drugs, no alcohol, no concealed weapons, of course, man. So it's just like... <laughs> that's kind of weird harassment, because everything that's is concealed, concealed weapon. weapon. Dude. Oh, tons. <laughs> TMI, and, man. And that one's... Harassment of clients, fellow team members, or fellow trades. I love that one. Yeah, so that's a big one. So uh, when we first started, the biggest compliment we got about uh, our team is that any contractor, any fellow trade can approach them and they, they're willing to talk to them and they're, they're very easy to work with. Well, you, you guys were born here? Yeah. He was born here. So I'm the only immigrant here. 
<laughs> you look like an immigrant. <laughs> they also have displaying rude or disrespectful behavior to client, which is totally fellow team members, fellow trades, member of the public while at work. Sure. Use of the equipment, the materials, anything that has a company logo on it, and then failure to observe safety rules and practices. So you'll love that, Carlito. Engaging in dangerous or potentially dangerous horseplay or to report any work-related injury. Well, I think another thing also to say is dealing with any trades or homeowners, if you've got a problem, you should really walk away and let the, you guys deal with that Definitely. at a professional level. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and our team, our team is good at that. We've had a couple conflicts with neighbors, and they kind of step away. I think just the, the one guy who was filming us, that was probably the most escalated everything got. Filming, taking pictures of all of our equipment, of yeah. our trucks. and For what purpose? He was just... just it we was, were blocking it was his a, garage, I think. Or, that was on yeah. the private street. That was on... Um, oh, the, on, on Alpha. Then. On Alpha. Oh, I was talking about the guy on Clinton. Oh, and Clinton too. Yeah. <laughs> so they, well, on so Alpha, they neighbors the are yeah. funny, man. Like they're just, they're just. They, well, they're, you know, we talked about I think this on the last podcast. I just think it's so rude that they know that their next door neighbor is getting something done. You know, it's going to benefit their house and the whole, the whole and block or the community. Get work too. You know, work together. Like, instead of being, you know, an asshole and taking pictures and making a big deal, just say, guys, honestly, really, it bothers me you guys are parked there. You can park anywhere else, but don't park there. And it's pretty straightforward. You know, yeah, absolutely. The, the nicest yeah. thing happened on my job site on the street that I'm on today where I thought, that's kind of nice. Why can't more neighbors be like that? So there was a, a neighbor across the street from the job site that was moving. So they actually notified all the other neighbors that they wanted to save a couple of spots in front for the moving truck, right? And hopefully we can maintain a fewer amount of construction vehicles there, right? So they can have the space for the truck. They moved all day. But towards the end of the day, the moving truck was gone, and a few of the neighbors came around to say goodbye, to say thank you very much for being wow. in the neighborhood, and we're going to miss you, and say goodbye. And I was like, that's a nice neighborhood. Like, that's what it should be like, instead of us working and then making noise. And, and in the same respect, there was probably about seven vans at that job site. Most of them were Sprinter vans, by the way. <laughs> one Ford, one Dodge, in, right? Eh? I have to throw <laughs> it in. And, and not, we have not had one complaint yet, hopefully. And we will not have any complaints because I think that neighborhood is respectful of what we're doing, what everybody else is doing. Because like you said, Carlito, before, they're just making the neighborhood better by renovating their property. And I think also it speaks to the trades that you associate yourself with. Too. Totally. Yeah. Totally, right? Because I only want to be associated with certain trades, guys who don't park at strip joints. <laughs> With their company vehicles. Yeah. And that's why we have stuff in there about where you park, right? Hopping on a curb is only acceptable if you're going to unload the, unload the tools. Exactly. Right? Once the tools are unloaded, go find a parking spot. I don't care if it's a block away because you don't need to go back to the van. It's funny. All these little things that most of your employees or subtrades don't even think about, but you guys had a chance to think about it and start applying it and then started <laughs> stating it. Paid a lot of parking tickets the first year. No, <laughs> and that's exactly what happens, yeah. man. So you start and like that. You got to be, you got to like, you could pay for permits well, to get. I'll, I'll tell you how you can park on a sidewalk and not get trouble. I have, I have orange lights, and I throw them up on my van. And the minute I throw those lights on, it just makes everyone aware that I'm mm -hmm. actually doing something construction-wise. And for some reason, subconsciously, I think they just allow it to happen, which is a nice thing because I'm putting it up there to warn them without having mm -hmm. a, com a conversation with them and they respect it and they leave me alone. Is that Absolutely. like impersonating somebody that you're no, not? No, I'm a construction <laughs> worker. There's caution. Be aware. I'm. Do you guys have orange lights on your vans? 
No, we don't. We have orange we have pylons. pylons. <laughs> I, I don't have they orange They help lights. also. Yeah. Yeah. They we, do. We but, use pylons. Yeah. But then you still get neighbors that say, oh, well, what if someone comes by in a, in a wheelchair or a rascal or someone pushing their stroller? Not that there's anybody coming at the moment, but what if someone does, right? I'll That's help them. Yeah. I'll move. <laughs> Why do you find this funny? <laughs> I just find that you're, you're on the job site. You're going to drop everything. You're going to go help somebody make their way through the pylons. What are you gonna do? A solemn course? What is going on? Well, I mean, hopefully you're not taking up the whole sidewalk and you're you're leaving at least some room for them. Mm. But I don't think that really happens because I, I haven't seen that happen very often either. I've seen some some wheel like some some baby strollers, but th- those people have, the women have been really decent. They kind of see ahead of time and then they just kind of cross, cross the road. The and, yeah. yeah. And Nine times out of ten, it's not the person that's actually being impacted. It's a neighbor who wants to yeah. foresee the future. Yeah. Right? Well, my my <laughs> I think my biggest problem with guys parking out front or taking all that parking is they forget that people are either inside their house and just because they can't see them doesn't mean that that they can't be heard. <laughs> and you know construction guys are always saying fuck, sock, dick, whatever and neighbors are hearing that and then with the name logo on the side they just don't realize they're having fun with each other and they're not doing anything but but that's it a reflection has an of your brand. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And the, the brand of the contractors that we work for, right? The, they're, right. They're, they're the ones that usually have the number on the billboard in front of the job sites, and they'll call them. I want right. to talk about something that probably all of us at this table or, and anybody that's in the construction industry today. like Construction is thriving right now. It was dead, and, and everybody was taking a break in March and April for COVID. But now we're having a hard time trying to get anybody to come and do any work. We're trying, you guys were telling me off mic, you tried Indeed, I've tried Work app, I've tried a bunch of apps, and we're all discussing things, and I was actually told by somebody that works on one of these organizations, people are not wanting to come to work because they're hanging on to the government subsidy that they're getting uh, for the month, which is basically 60 or 70% of what they'd be getting if they were working all four weeks of that month. That is just stupid. You don't think that's stupid? I think, we can't find guys to come and work for us because they'd rather stay at home or yeah, do jobs money. for cash. But yeah. I'm okay with that because those are the kind of guys I don't want. But we need guys to... I know, but I don't want that kind of person. I would rather have someone hungry that wants to make a wants difference in their own money. life. And they want, to, you know, they want to be part of the team or the family. It's really a family at the end of the day. I don't care who's on the site. I tell the trades all the time. Uh, probably more because of this podcast, even for myself. I, I say to all the guys, even you guys, I say... Guys, we're working together. We're family here. So you may not like me. You should tell me because if we have a problem, I really want to work with you in the future and we have to work around each other instead of being I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about guys who don't want to come to work because they're lazy, man. That's what I was talking about. I don't know what you're talking about family. I'm talking about they'd rather stay home and collect the money from the government instead of actually go in and do an honest month's work. I'm like, I'm not the only one. You guys are having... You're in yeah, the same so we're, we're hiring now. So as we're expanding and, and we want to go through the process properly now and not make the mistakes we had before of just bringing people in and getting them going. So we posted for a couple general labor positions. We had about 85 applicants. Wow. From that. Yeah. Well, I, Hang on, on Indeed, right? So I sponsored the post. You get people from Chile or engineers from South America that want to come over. I think they have the thing that they just apply to every job probably. Any, um, any from Croatia? No, none from Croatia. No, <laughs> they're all they're already working. <laughs> so uh, eighty-five, and then what, how many actually reached out? So then I put a couple of prerequisites, um, three prerequisites. I'm not even looking for experience, right? This is an entry-level position. I want the right personality that's going to fit in with our team because everything else can be learned, right? So they have to drive. Do they live in Toronto or the surrounding area? Um, so from that, I narrowed it down to about ten people that I wanted to talk to on the phone, uh, just because I didn't want to overwhelm myself either. 
Uh, so I thought Temper, that, basically 10%. Yeah. 10%. Right. Uh, yeah. Even le- yeah, a little bit less, wow. but, um, yeah. So then from that, I, I tried to schedule six interviews. Uh, I reached out to six people to, to schedule interviews. I scheduled five of them. Two of them didn't answer the phone. Uh, one of them had the wrong phone number on his resume. And then I, I ended up speaking to two, two live people. Out of 85, uh, you eight, finally got to two. two. Yeah. So. And those two, they, they came in for an interview? or no? uh, Not yet. So this was just last week. So uh, one of the successful candidates is going to be coming in next week for a working interview. So I'm just going to bring him in for a day. We'll, we'll meet him face-to-face, talk to him for a bit, and then just leave him with the team so, uh, so they can see how they So, fit. Carlito, you don't Wait. find that kind of interesting, that 85 I, down to two, and most this, likely it will be down to one? This is like picking two-by-fours from a box store. It's true. Yeah. You go through 85 to get one. <laughs> It's true. This is crazy. Yeah, it is. It is pretty wild. And the the way that we're transitioning the business, pivoting it to to focus more on doing things properly and slowing down, right, to do the right thing. The hiring process has been challenging. Before we would just put the word out amongst our friends, hey, who's looking for work? And we already did that. But everybody's looking for cash because they want to collect the subsidy. So I'm having a problem right now. So I'm dealing with some new trades, and uh, today I I had a a discussion with electrician that I'm not that I'm new to. I'm dealing with a plumber. I'm dealing with a staircase guy. And all of them are fucking slobs. Like, just because it's a busy time and everyone's kind of catching up doesn't mean that you need to lose the respect for the industry and the person you're working for. Good There's point. garbage everywhere. Good point. There's drywall dust everywhere. There's pipes on the floor. There's wires all over. So I'm having a conversation with an electrician today. I'm giving him his deficiency list and basically saying, like, you know, this has cost me so much time. What are you going to do about that? Like to clean up is, their mess. Yeah. So I, you were hired as an electrician and that meant that whatever you brought into the house, you can take out, but there's a bin outside. So why are your guys leaving garbage all over the floors? Jeez. We see that all the time. Like we'll do a selective demo and then we'll say we have to come back, do some more work. The electrician's already been there. The framer's been there fucking wood everywhere. Uh, drywall plaster everywhere and it's like holy shit we just cleaned this place like clean up after yourself mm. or sometimes we'll do like if we're, we already work from the third floor down then all of a sudden the third floor is done the framers are up there and then we'll go at the end to do our final cleanup now there's a ton more garbage up there than what we even I, produce I had the client come up to me today saying regarding all the mess Manny what do we do with that I go each trade picks up that mess they should clean and up me themselves. being the Colombo that I am I know who's <laughs> mess I'm telling you I know you know what mess an HVAC guy does you know what mess a plumber does they all have messes, but, I know but, but you can you up. can identify the mess and you probably know what kind of coffee everybody drinks by the end exactly of the right so that they clean up after themselves so my my two points to this is that here are trades that already are established trades that are already working seven days a week eight to twelve hours a day what and you guys are talking about you guys are talking about already trying to find someone. Well, I have a problem with already people in the industry not being able to do their job. Can I ask you, Carlito? Can you start from there on out for today, moving on to tomorrow, not next week, but tomorrow, eight hour days? Dude, I've been I've been pulling this off. Eight hour days. I've been meeting up with you. I've been leaving early. Great, good. Um, so, so there's no reason I'm to talk not, about I'm 8 to work, 12. I'm not really working. 8 to working. 16. <laughs> I work, you know, every third weekend now I work. Um, and that's only because I have old customers that kind of just call me up and they say, oh, I got this random thing. And you know what? I service them right away. And I have this relationship with them. I'm not like that, buddy. <laughs> <Side jobs. laughs> I service them right. And you know what? Like 
On, I went to Hamilton on Saturday. Oh, yeah, you serviced I, them. I did an elevator. Uh, so a guy has a private elevator in his house. I, I redid his doors and some tiles with some Schluter finish. And you know, I just did some little things. And I got his sister's house, Renault. Full kitchen, <laughs> full bathroom. Just from a little simple thing of going out on a Saturday and spending 10 hours at someone's house. So it does pay off Showed in other you ways. you care, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's typically what we do on Saturdays. Um, Jay and I will maybe work one or two Saturdays a month just to either get a head start on something or just clean up a deficiency um, or something that's just nagging us to, that's going to really kill the next week. But we're trying to step away from the weekends. I mean, the guys, they don't work on the weekends really at all. And now when we ask them to work on the weekends, it comes with more weight. So they're more willing to help us out on the weekends because we have young kids. We both have a two-year-old. Sorry, a lot of our team members, they have, they have families. They have yeah, kids. you want to be respectful. Yeah, and then when they come back on Monday, they're refreshed because they had the full Time weekend, with the right? family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you hope they're refreshed. Yeah. <laughs> or they're still sleeping off the Saturday night. What are you guys planning for? Because I know that a lot of guys have reached out to me. and We've been talking about COVID, and it's, it's thriving right now. Everybody's working. The construction industry is amazing. I keep telling them that the big question is going to be 2021. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out what's going to happen for 2021. Everybody right now is not booking tickets. They're renovating their home. They're doing work at their home. They're staying put or they're buying a cottage and they're going to that. But the question becomes, will that money run out for 2021? What do you guys think about that? So what we're working on part of it as well is, is market. Now we've built the foundation for our business so we can market it to new clients that we have, like a, the, the clients that we want to work with. The challenge that we see now is more with our underpinning side of business. Typically, we like to have one underpin on the go alongside with the demos, um, but a lot of the permits are held back right now. So they're kind of, we have a couple jobs that are in limbo right now and they were supposed to start months ago, but we're still just waiting on the permit to start. And every couple of weeks we have to see, okay, well, where's that job at? Cause we don't want to lose that job. We want to maintain it. Cause that's with a new client, a high end client. So we want to make sure. Okay, that, so that you just said something really huge. Like underpinning isn't an easy pro- a process. Like I've underpinned a house and it took me months. So months. you're juggling, you're juggling a lot. It was a lot of clay. <laughs> One shovel? Like no, no, no. months? And it was just him. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. You know what I would do is, uh, I, when I, when I had work, I'd focus on the business and the weeks or days that I wouldn't have any work rain day or someone canceled out or there wasn't material. I would get the guys instead of sending them home and not paying them instead of losing them, I'd bring them to my house and I was doing an mm-hmm. underpin at the time because I only had a five foot space and I went, made it an eight foot. So it was like an ongoing process, but I know how hard it is. So how are you guys pulling off all this work? Bins, demo. So the bins are done. Bins yeah. are so we, gone. bins are done. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're not oh, doing yeah. bins anymore. Yeah. yeah okay. And it just comes with scheduling and that's the challenge that we had. Right. So we have a crew of four guys now. Last year we'd bring on temporary workers here and there to help us through staffing agencies. And we want to get out of that. We want to bring on more full-time guys that, that fit in with Your our culture. Team. Yeah. Our team, yeah. right. Build, build the culture up. But yeah, it just comes down to scheduling, right? And, and being transparent with our clients. So does the underpinning, the termite, and structural all come together? Is that how you got into the underpinning? Or is that something that you guys just really enjoy doing? I've always, I've worked for the pest control company. I used to treat for all the termites. Okay. So that's where it got me into doing all the repairs for them. And then underpinning, I've done it with a company before. Which they actually did on Homes on Homes also. No way. Who was it? What was that? The Bowens? (laughs) Yeah, the Bowens. Yeah, I love those guys, man. Yeah, I worked worked with Colin Corey. Yeah, I worked for them for years. Uh, I I started working for them when I was like 16 (laughs) on and off for years. So we did lots of waterproofing, underpinning. So you guys did the yellow jacket process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I love that process. I love it. You still use it? Yeah. Love that system, man. Not many people uh, will pay for that, right? 
Yeah, it's the right way to do it. These people come and they're putting foundation coating. Oh, on yeah. It's There's no yeah. contamination. Yeah. It's yeah. many layers, fiberglass, yeah. exactly. plastic. Yeah. That's why yeah. our prices might be a little bit higher than others because they'll just put foundation it's coated though. on. It's completely bulletproof. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. it shifts with the foundation. Nothing's yeah. going to crack. That's actually the yeah. only way I like to do it, too. It's yeah. the only way we do it. Yeah. That's great to hear. Yellow jacket system, I guess you guys call it still? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with the, the backer and then the, the yellow jacket. Yeah. It's basically plastic. a membrane, isn't it? Well, well, it's a series it's a, of, of applications. So you, you put on, first you put on the tar, the, the back of aqua block, yeah. yeah. And then you put a, the yellow jacket and then seal it up again with another coat of tar. But what's and the yellow jacket? The drainage board? It's the a, drainage board a fiber. Glass. It's, it's a fiber. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. From what I remember, like the way I do it was primer, tar, then fiberglass, iron it out, then put a two mil plastic over top or three mil, mm. and then put the dimple board straps. Yeah. Back yeah. it up. So we do it with not a, including. Uh, I'm yeah. talking about where the weeper goes. Yeah, the stuff, weeper. That's but, all yeah. that carries over from. Other yeah, I'm not systems, talking right? about that. And then we'll parge if it's a block or, or um, brick foundation, or if it's a solid pour, we'll just patch any cracks that we oh, see. Oh, I'm calling you guys now. If I know you guys were calling Corey, I'm in with you guys. <laughs> yeah, and then you ran your crew there too, right? There's, yeah. yeah, I did subcontracting from them too for a few years also. Yeah, that was that was probably the most amazing waterproofing system I've ever seen. Sorry, I we got to do we got to do another segment. We'll come back to. Kissing Carlito's ass. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? This is actually a great system, man. Uh, it's he, time he for he Carlito's like Green Book. I don't give a shit about TV, okay? <laughs> I can't stand fucking rental okay, TV shows. Okay, so everyone okay, knows okay, that. Okay. Man, will never change his opinion about so, that. So you guys have gone to the circus, gone to the carnivals. You guys have gone to carnivals. <laughs> there's always a winner in this one. So in Green Book Talk, there's always a winner. <laughs> So you know the game? You, you guys got to figure And he always says 550. So no, I don't always say 550. <laughs> I do not always say 550. Okay, so uh, here's the first question. Under 67 First, how many questions you got? Okay, I'll just do one. <laughs> uh, employer failing to develop written traffic protection plan for worker exposed to hazardous vehicle traffic. What do you think the first offense by the ministry coming by? 550, Bob. And you? 525. You? <laughs> 525. <laughs> 250. Oh, there's no winners today. It's $650. Whoa, so I guess you get it. What'd you say? 550? 550, yeah. I just called Without me Bob. Over. That uh, was Carlitos Green Book Talk. <laughs> We're talking to Chris and Jason from at maple.leaf.construction. www.mapleleafgc.ca. Info at maple.leafgc.ca. Phone number 416-895-2330. So basically, termite. Ants, underpinning. What else you guys do? Waterproofing. Demo. Demo. And I used it. to, like, when I first started off, I used to do framing, drywall, and mud in. I used to do it all myself. My dad, he worked for the city for 30 years, but he always did it, all his side jobs. And when I was a kid, he used to bring me to all of them. That's wicked, to, like, man. throw some mud on the wall and trowel it out. Right um, on. So then I always, whenever I'm at a job, if I want to learn something, I just watch. Watch, see how they mud it, see how they hold it. And, um... I just kind of got out of that. I just wasn't for me. As I was trying to do too much at once. I was a little bit of tile here. I was jumping all over the place. Yeah. Right. Kind of wanted to stick to a few things and keep it at that. So like what I still the- get calls like, "Do you want to come build a deck?" I'm like, ah, "I'd rather not. We could sub <laughs> it out." But 
Not these days. There's no decking material around. No, I know. <laughs> it's I had to buy a two by six to rip it into a two by four. <laughs> I, I had a, someone send me a joke, and they, they had a picture of all the empty shelves at a big box store. That's not funny. No, no. And they just said, "Listen, you want some cedar or you want some PT? Go cut it down. That's the only wow. way you're gonna get it. They're, it's empty. It's actually really bad." That's yeah. Horrible. Talking about going to 2021, I think now we're gonna start to see the fallout because everybody had like a knee jerk reaction once yes. COVID started. Yeah. Um, so you're going to see... That's what I'm saying about 2021. I'm yeah. curious about what's going to happen. And I, I know there's a lot of outdoor... Like, like pool guys can't stop working. Pool guys are probably going to be working right through the winter months now. But deck guys, I know that the, uh, Roger from Techno Metapost sent me a text. He was saying he's got a, a deck builder who's got 12 jobs, but he only has lumber for two. <laughs> he can't get lumber for the other 10. Yeah, you wild. know what? I guess it's really important to talk to you guys because when you guys are taking apart decks, you can sell the lumber. No, no, <laughs> I, no. I, just, I just did that at a job. So he's no. putting in a new deck, and it was all two-by-sixes for decking. And he goes, do you mind if I just save all of them? I'm like, that's probably a good idea because you can't find it anywhere now. Exactly. So he was doing a, like a tiny little deck after, so he... He has all the lumber that he needs. Now. That's funny. Maybe uh, minus the deck boards, but he was going to use the two by six just for all the frame in. And and I think I think it's really that there's so many guys in construction now. Again, they're buying out everything because all the customers are being taken. Right? <laughs> what are the areas you guys work for the listeners or so we guys looking to work with you guys? Yeah, so we work primarily out of the east end of Toronto. Um, so our for, shop for for Toronto for people aren't from Toronto. What does that mean? So the East End of Toronto. The East End of Toronto, yeah. <laughs> like Scarborough. North of New York. <laughs> no, would that be north? Uh, east of <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> um, yeah, so we work like uh, some jobs in Scarborough. Primarily, a lot of our contractors that we work with and the jobs we get are in East York. Um, okay. East York, we'll go into Riverdale, uh, Leaside. Oh, so you guys are traveling around Eglinton and the LRT bullshit? Is that what you guys are doing? Yeah, now it's okay. But uh, the, the traffic is kind of slowed clear, down. It's clear, but yeah, it's We know a lot of side streets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's bumpy though, man. Yeah, so we're right around there. Our shop is right around Warden and Eglinton area. Okay, so, there you go. No but, way. Yeah, that's where yeah. we come out of. So. I used to be by the uh, prison on Manfield. Oh, okay, yeah, right Manville. there. Yeah. Manville, that's where, sorry. Manville. That's why I met Corinne and Colin, because they had a shop there. At the prison? Uh, no, no, <laughs> Are no. Are we just, just south of there. You remember yeah, the, yeah, you remember I, the lobster was, restaurant? That's, that's the shop that I was at with them, too. Uh, yeah, they were across the street from me, so I don't know if you probably know my partner. We'll talk about it afterwards. I was, I was right across the street from there. So you've, been with, you've known them for a long time. Very long time. Yeah, yeah, you've been in construction a long time then, man. Been doing construction since I was actually 12 years old. Wow. <laughs> like, after school and that, I would go out and do like some demo or dig this out clean this up and weekends i'd work too so like and i back then i used to get 10 bucks an hour cash so like that got me a lot of candies and <laughs> <laughs> a cool bicycles yeah <laughs> so I, I guess you're really happy that you worked with your dad how was that experience uh, i was good now he, he actually works for us now no way yeah. <laughs> like whenever we have demos he likes to go to demos destroy stuff and mm -hmm. um he just needs to keep himself busy. He just, yeah, he that's can't pretty stay cool. at home. He's never been like that. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting how he brought you into it, taught you. And now the and next now generation's yeah. taken over. I know it's crazy. Really cool, man. To get back our operating area. So we're mostly in the East end of Toronto. We do come to the West end once in a while for us. That's our bread and butter there. The contractors that we work with are there. Um, we're just really focused on being transparent with, the, with our clients, right? That's the best thing that we get from them. We have open conversations. We're not going to tell them, uh, we've learned from our mistakes, right? And the, this, show has, this show has been great for us. It, it influenced us to do the employee guidelines. We've reached out to some, some guests from here. Um, we did one job for a contract that we work with where we had to reface the, a foundation because they went with the cheapest bid on that one. 
Um, but we had to reface it with non-shrink grout. So I reached out to a few people and George from um, DGR, DGR actually yeah. helped us out there to... Wicked. Yeah, so he helped us out I just called there. up George yesterday, just asked him a concrete question. I was like, I don't know the answer for this. I'm going to call you. <laughs> yeah, so he's been, he's been a great mentor to us as well, right? He's, yeah. he's a great guy. So he introduced us to that uh, planetary uh, mixer, the planetary yeah. paddle mixer. Yeah, for yeah, 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 yeah. So no, that's what he has. I don't know if he's going to do it this year, though. Is he planning on doing it? The mixer? Yeah. Yeah, well, we. No, no, it's no, a piece of equipment. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, uh, he, he does a he does an annual get together. I see. When you said mixer, I was like at his oh, cottage. A mixer and, like that. Yeah, the phones are gone and the yeah. booze is on. Right. Oh, okay. The phones are <laughs> gone. <laughs> the booze is on. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, what that's, happens at the mixer stays at the mixer. That, that, yeah. That's why the phones are on, right? So I know that's funny. <laughs> um, it's interesting you say that because uh, you know I've been in the business 30 years. And I've gone through some really, I've been in some great situations, some unique situations. I've had some really cool, amazing opportunities in my lifetime. But one thing I've always had a hard time with is finding trades that actually do what they say or start and finish is the most key. That's the key word is like it, finishing the, the jobs they started. I find now that we're doing the podcast, it, it was about, you know, just helping out and changing the industry a little bit. It's actually changed my life. Like now I'm using guys, everybody on the podcast I'm finding are the same kind of interesting people that have the same direction or the same goals. And now I'm using guys from the podcast mm -hmm. and it's, and it's unbelievable how it's actually working out and how everyone's interacting with each other. It's, yeah. it's a really positive thing. Like I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. And it's like that in life when you surround yourself with positive people or like-minded individuals that becomes your personality as well, right? Yeah. Your, your drive becomes that. And you can bounce ideas off people like that. You're not just hearing negativity about people, how they can't find work or maybe it's, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and, well, and see maybe what you're for doing. me, it was people always told me, Oh, you're, you're over killing it. You, nobody cares. Why are you doing it like that? Why are you wasting time? Nobody's going to see that. And that's just something in my personality. I can't change. Mm -hmm. I could never find those kind of people. So I, I, people are always like, why are you still working, man? Like, why aren't you like running jobs? And, and I'm like, I just can't find the proper guys. And I'm finally finding the same kind of people with the same attitude. And it's, it's refreshing. Mm -hmm. Like it's given me a, it just like COVID, uh, like just like this whole virus is kind of like given everyone a, a, a reboot or a fresh new start. It's inspired me to like enjoy this industry again. Yeah, for absolutely. me, it's been important. And that's what it takes is getting those. Uh, you want people to, you expect them to work at the same standard as you or be like-minded like you. And it's taking those ideas in your head about what the perfect person looks like or perfect trade, sorry, and getting them down on paper. And that's where the, the guidelines well, come in, right? The difference is, is like I, go, I used to go to a job, the drywaller wouldn't be done. And I'd have to do drywall pieces, corner beads. Now that's done. Mm -hmm. And now I can actually make my money. Like what machine, I quoted for, I'm making my money now. I'm not going backwards and fixing his stuff that he got paid yeah. for. I'm not getting paid for, but I have to finish it to get my job done. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'm not leaving a guy empty handed for the painter and so on. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting to find that, you know, small things are changing. Right. Yeah. And I, I look at, at GCs and some of the stress that they take on and, and I wonder how, how they do, how they do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when they have so many jobs on the go, so many things going on and, and clients are, at them all the time because when is the client home they're at home seven o'clock at night right that's probably when you get most of the phone calls what are your big problems with uh, clients guys for us we deal a lot with contractors i think with clients it's it's like nickel and diming kind of on on, con on contracts that we prefer. which is really interesting because you're talking about demo and you're talking about 
taking down a structure safely <laughs> and you really want to mess around with nickels and dimes yeah or they get because they'll get quotes of people off kijiji that will do it for half the price but then oh my god you not... said that <laughs> well it's true man put no. it this way we the one job we just uh we demoed the whole basement he wants us to put everything back together because there's all termite damage when we went back there he knows we do waterproofing and uh we went back there and he goes hey you guys want to give me a quote on the waterproofing we walked back there. He hired someone to start the waterproof, and he fired them right away. He goes, they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> but they're, they were a waterproofing company. I guess so. Maybe. We never saw them, right? But or a Kijiji the, waterproofing company. I, probably Kijiji. Probably, yeah. <laughs> they, you know how they were digging it? They had a, a fence post, the scissor fence post thing from outside the hole, digging it and, and they, putting it, it was, it was like a yeah. It was like a seven, eight-foot hole, and it was only about a foot and a half wide. Yeah. No shore and nothing. Wow. And it was people, the biggest fence hole post there I've seen. Yeah, like, I don't know. It was I'm 10 feet like deep. Eight, yeah. 10 feet high. Well, you guys know, but most people don't, that even at four feet, like four feet of dirt collapsing around you, you can die. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. your organs can crush. on you before. Yeah, so it's not it's not fun in games. Like yeah. guys that are trying to take away. Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to learn something, go work with someone for a little while and mm -hmm. get licensed or something. So right? one yeah. of the biggest gripes that a lot of the trades have after you guys is it's not ready. So you'll get GCs call up trades going, listen, I need you to come in and start roofing, start drywall, start, and it's not ready. But you guys actually pull the trigger and start. You guys come in and start demoing. So yeah. it comes with you guys. What don't you guys like? Well, what do you guys hear about other trades? What are they talking about in the industry? Are they also saying the same thing kind of thing? Our demo crew, and like we're very, very clean people. For a demo crew, we vacuum every day. We pressure wash the driveways if it needs it nice uh mm. always put plywood down we're very very clean well you guys had a big company crew. so you know that too yeah right? and like yeah. we'll when we do a demo we'll vacuum in the, the joist and above that's in between the two by fours and um you'll vacuum all would, the nails on the edge of the lumber everything there's no nails on that <laughs> so, yeah. that was a trick question <laughs> that was a we're trick still waiting question. for the giant magnet that we can just put in the house yeah. and it just sucks them all in because People don't understand how much labor intensive, especially when you're ripping up it's the old strip flooring, oh, the denailing, right? Man, it's brutal. Or we'll get guys that will say, especially when we had the bin company, oh, well, what if I do the demo myself and you just come clean the garbage? Well, nope. when those guys do the demo themselves, do you think they're organizing the garbage, drywall over here, lath over here, so it makes it easier to do it? The yeah. Most of the labor is in the disposal and the tidying yeah. up, right? Sometimes it can take a full day or two just to, to clean the house before I gotta we can be release honest, it. Like, there's nothing nicer than a demoed site that's ready to go for the next stage that's perfectly yeah. clean. I no nails, too. no nothing. Just, oh, I love seeing it. Yeah. It's just It's got an eerie feeling in there that actually just looks yeah. really that's nice. That's why it kind of bugs us when we do the demo and then the framers come in and leave all the whatever. We're like, fuck. Yeah. Because <laughs> we do a lot of things like we'll do window cutouts and stuff for the, the construction companies that we work with. So we'll go in after our demo and or especially our, after our underpin and you see the nice slab and everything. And then you go in and it's just a mess. It's insulation. just chaos. Yeah. yeah like, why did you do such a good job? <laughs> see it. It'd be so much nicer if everybody just organized their pile of material, organized uh, their pile funny. of tools. Yeah, it takes five minutes to save a That's headache. all, man. That's Start all the day is, there. Yeah. Show up a little bit earlier yeah. and just set it up and done. It's yeah. true, man. Did I misunderstand, but you guys do mold remediation too? No, 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 we don't. No. Do okay, no. sorry. No. Into that. No. I don't know where you got that information from. No. Well, you used to work at the restoration company, Jay, and they did mold. But, uh, I've dealt yeah, with Edna before. Yeah. yeah. Edna? Yeah, yeah, I've dealt with them They're before. They're top class. They're family owned. So it's family owned, so they don't want to ever callbacks, right? So yeah, of course. We, they take over a lot of jobs where a company will come in, just treat it, and then we'll come in and be like, well, look at all this wood soil here. You have dirt right up to your joists in your crawl space, which you got to at least have like 16 inches of clearance. Are you guys also conscious, uh, conscious of uh, structural points? 
are you guys telling your crew about like demo is demo one thing but there's there's certain walls that you can't touch as a result of structure right yeah, yeah so absolutely. we teach them on the job sites too so when they tear them down we'll say leave the studs up we'll come we'll show them uh they which have a are good, which yeah, aren't exactly if we need to put up a support or, yeah and then i guess the big question is who gets to keep the copper? It's Funny pulled together, yeah. They, they got <laughs> we, we don't, we don't, we so don't keep it. So it's demo tips. Yeah, we don't keep yeah, it. We give tip. it to the guys, and okay. they split it between them. Nice. That's nice, amazing. Because eh? yeah. um, the average house could have about a G note of copper. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially you get the ones that have the copper drains. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. No, we don't, we don't touch that. They deal with it all, and they split it. They're happy with it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Sure, that gives them an incentive, yeah. right? But they have to split it like between everyone, yeah. right? And yeah. it makes sure that it's all cleaned up too. I just remember the first time. I remember the first time. All the ABS is left, just a couple strings. No, I, yeah. I, I remember the first time I ever did it, and I went to the yard to go dump it off, and it was almost like, like talk about the secret service. It was almost like everybody just the back of the van opened up, and it was just full of copper, mm-hmm. and and everyone was just like whispering around. All the guys that were working there at the yard, they're just whispering around, going, "What the fuck's going on here? Like, what, what, I don't understand why everybody's freaking out about this." And then I went inside to go pay. And then she just tallied it up, and she goes, okay, you got about $987 here. And I was like, what? How much? And she goes, yeah, but I go, yeah, okay. All right, all right. I'll take that. That's fine. I'll take that. Thank you very much. <laughs> and guys will know what, what spot to go to in the city, right? Because yeah. some will pay higher rates, yeah. some are uh, yeah. middlemen. Yeah. So copper is gold. There's actually a really cool copper place just at Warden Neglington. Uh, yeah, that little yeah. little yard there by the uh, by the dump or uh, by the metal yard. Right across from there, yeah. Yeah, that's where I typically go. <laughs> well, now, since we moved into our new shop, uh, there's a metal recycling place right around the corner. Cool. Yeah. I wanted to ask you guys, uh, what are you guys doing about uh, you know, retirement for your guys in the future? Or do you guys pay your guys vacation pay? Or do you guys take a little bit out of their pay and then put towards vacation? you do anything like that yet? Yeah, so they, they have a... It's uh, two weeks vacation, so it's pulled together through our payroll system. So wow. they get their, yeah, they get their pay stub delivered to them, the email to them, sorry, and it will show how many hours they have uh, to take, and we encourage them to take it. Most of them will take it at the holidays, at the end of the year. Yeah, it's there for them. So to they're use. paying into their own vacation then. No, we pay it. Oh, it wow. Yeah, four percent, right? Yeah, I think great. it's a, a, an employment standards. I think you have to pay it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it's just under two. Like if it's under two years, you don't have yeah. to. Once it's over two years, they're considered an employee for. Yeah. But yeah, it's so also nice to start up a business where you treat employees like yeah, that. Of course. Yeah, That's absolutely, right? right? And it's all it's all taken into our pricing, right? Like a, the wage is not, when we quote for our, our wage, it's not exactly what they get paid. We have to take into consideration the WSIB, the insurance that we pay, everything. Well, right? believe it or not, you're one of the few companies that actually pays their guys for vacation. That's really yeah. nice to hear. It's good yeah. to hear. And in the future, we look to, to get benefits as well. I mean, we've kind of planted the seed with the guys. Some of the guys prefer it. Just to take the, the money for it, right? They don't, don't really want the benefits, Yeah, well, right? well, what it tells me more, uh, it, it's great that you do that for your guys, but it tells me a little bit more about your business and, and that you guys are organized, that you guys have put money aside, that you're not juggling jobs and money. You're and, thinking about and, the future, and man. That makes that makes me feel like if I'm a general contractor or a homeowner and knowing or hearing this right now that you guys are, are doing that, that you guys are financially in a good place, that you're not a bad construction company because mm-hmm. most construction companies that are taking people are ones that are juggling money, right? Yeah. So it's great to hear that you're so well organized well, like I, that. I, I think I would just correct Carlito a little bit. At most construction companies in the industry in general, the upper management decides to keep most of the money and then let the worker bees take just enough to survive which is i think the standard in construction and that's what i don't like about it 
No, but a, so a that's lot how of, you get these big a monster lot of the companies. Smaller, a lot of the companies that I've seen that are like four or five guys, I find that they're juggling a lot of jobs mm. and they're yeah, juggling a lot too. of money. I have a few, I have a few buddies that have their own business, and I'll tell you that I think we treat our guys very well compared to some other people. Well, like, I think you guys just, are smart with your numbers, I, but you guys are coming that. from we, that situation, yeah. so it's a yeah. different kind and of we, mindset. We ask the guys, like, do you need anything? We ask them what would help them out. We buy them their own set of tools, and now yeah. you're responsible for your tools. So far, they like it. Of course. Yeah, yeah we treat them how we want to be we, treated. We buy them good yeah. tools. We yeah. buy all good tools for them, so we don't... Healthy, of course. So everybody gets rigid. <laughs> yeah, rigid. Yeah, rigid. That's yeah. what they're getting. And, and, yeah. I started off with rigid. I started off with rigid. I still have the vacuum. We and all have the listen, vacuum. Listen, all yeah. jokes, oh, all jokes aside, yeah. I have a massive DeWalt collection. <laughs> massive. So you got a lot of pictures. I, I got a lot of... <laughs> actually, I do have a lot of paintings and pictures. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got to wrap this up, but we have one more segment. We are talking to Chris and Jason at maple.leaf.construction. www.maplelefgc.ca. Info at mapleleafgc.ca, 416-895-2330. You're looking at me like you still have a question or two to ask. Keep moving forward. <laughs> All right. You guys are familiar with this one? The, the 10 questions. Ten questions. <laughs> he, he makes it sound so <laughs> ominous, man. That's just, I don't know why you make it so... Wait a second. So, the why? 10 questions. Why? That's a little better. <laughs> Make, Mickey Mouse. Okay. All right. You guys ready for this? Ready for this one? We'll go both you guys, right? What is your favorite construction word, Chris? I guess I should have thought about this. One. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, no. You know the funny part is? No one's ever done it. I love it. We want spontaneity, man. Yeah. What is your favorite construction word? Looks great. Wow. We'll give you that two words. <laughs> Jason? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your least favorite construction word? Shit. <laughs> ASAP. That's true, eh? Yeah. Whenever yeah. someone says that, I'm like, dude, man, you, people still say that? Yeah. What's wrong with you, man? What turns you on in construction? I think just seeing uh, after when we do a demo, when you go, go into it first and you have like this three-story rooming house and then you open it up and it, sometimes it feels like the house can breathe, right? Like you've <laughs> taken all this weight off of it, all these layers. You're so And now right. it just can breathe. <laughs> I'll stick with that one. You'll stick with that one? <laughs> what turns you off in construction, guys? Uh, I think just the poor attitude or people that air their grievances. Like if we're working with other trades and you can see how the guys are treating their, their team members uh, and they're kind of embarrassing them or, or downplaying them in front of the other people. The lack of motivation. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Because it kills morale. It just kills yeah. the energy. Yeah. It kills everything. And we see that, right? Like we'll, we comment on it and our guys too. Because if we have a disagreement or, or a beef with one of our guys, we just talk to them It one slows on one, things right? down. You're totally And you explain right. why. Why is this a problem, right? And, yeah. yeah. It's a good point. What is your favorite expression with a curse word in it? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you love? Oh, this should be good. <laughs> the quick cut? I like the quick cut. So. You like the quick cut, huh? Yeah. I do. I like it too. I like uh, when I'm rolling up to an underpin and I hear the chipper guns going because I know the guys are, are getting Working? at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you hate? Someone saying sharpen your pencil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've heard that one before, right? Eh? Same thing? Sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt, gentlemen? 
And this is interesting because you guys have done more than one. Yeah. Uh, when I look at the framers, I like to see what they do because they come in after us. We kind of tear it down and then we get to see. They reshape how, it. Yeah, they reshape it. And, and that's really when everything is sheathed or framed up and you get to see the mechanicals going afterwards. And Jason. They have I the like best the, Instagram. the mud in. People doing the mud in. Just a plaster. Plaster, yeah. Ooh, wow. Uh, what profession would you not like to do? Definitely roofing. No roofing, huh? <laughs> Roofing's harsh, yeah. man. Roofing's no, harsh. You. It's tough, done, man. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I would say plumbing. Like, uh, plumbing? Just what? Like the service calls. That you, oh. you Some guys get, love right? those service yeah. calls. They make more money off those service yeah. calls than they do yeah. in actual work. Yeah, I'm not good with feces either, man. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Great job. <laughs> uh, too soon get back down there uh, yeah. <laughs> too soon. thank you very work. much gentlemen this has been great talking to you and learning a lot more about Maple Leaf Construction and what you guys are doing and, and don't stop man keep it up yeah, keep it going you, keep building the team us, and yeah. hopefully you'll, you'll keep on finding more than one person out of 85 <laughs> Indeed, we'll leads. build up the one person and then I uh, work wow, on the next one, right? Man. One step at a time. I just, yeah, that's all you got to do is just. It, it, but we've always said, if one person's listening, we're gonna still continue making well, this podcast. Uh, and I want you guys to know that I am definitely calling you for waterproofing. <laughs> that's what uh, I could. Yeah, uh, man, thanks for doing this for us. And yeah, no, thank us on you, the man. show And just doing the podcast in general, right? Thanks it's very really much, inspiring. man. We're having thanks, lots guys. of fun. So, if you guys want to be on the podcast, please reach out to me because Carlito doesn't even know what a phone is. I don't even that's answer. Basically, <laughs> it, man. He doesn't answer it. So, I'm reach out to me at Manny. At hardcorerentals.com we'll get you on the podcast we'll chat a little bit we'll figure out the angle that you want to do it and then all of a sudden you'll get to meet the wonderful lovely Carlito from the wonderful wow. bullshit show from TV that's where <laughs> he was from and Carlito get us out of here oh with that one I don't <laughs> think this is going to be a good one <laughs> thank you gentlemen find them again at maple.leaf.construction www.mapleleafgc.ca info at maple.leafgc.ca and 416-895-2 330. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. 416. <laughs> Yellow jacket. <laughs> <laughs>